Now let's look at the stages of MLA life cycle because this is extremely important to understand because uh, very, very closely linked to these stages will be the integration life cycle as well, right? So first of all, uh, we start with um, uh, literally sort of three, uh, three let's say, uh, timelines. First one is vision and business strategy and then growth blueprint, organic or inorganic, right? So this is where um, it's more strategic. This is where the definition, what sort of company uh, do you want to go after if you per decide to pursue an, in an inorganic approach to um, growing your company versus organically, which is essentially you develop your own new products or access to new markets etc it could also be a hybrid where you pursue both organic growth as well as inorganic growth right once you've decided that you want to pursue m a integration um, uh, this is where you start looking at deal sourcing um, so you start you create the stage you create this framework through which you start looking for possibilities to acquire different companies right so we that essentially starts with deal sourcing and then which is followed by target evaluation and due diligence and then your finding offer and pre-closing right so this is essentially uh, hunting for companies that you want to acquire um, this has gone a stage further from just plain strategy and now you're actively looking at uh, acquiring a company uh, you're actively sourcing possibilities you're having discussions with different companies um, and and uh, and this is also a time where you actually engage um, investment uh, banks uh, you engage lawyers you engage consultants uh, you engage business brokers uh, to source companies and then the last one uh, which is uh, more related to once you acquire a company, how are you going to consolidate that, right? So, and typically this starts with the closing and day one, right? Day one is the day when uh, the actual handover takes place and closing essentially is the uh, period prior to that. So, this is where you actually do all of your consolidation planning, um, all the paperwork, um, all the documentation, but also uh, you lay down the design of how you're going to consolidate uh, your companies, right? And this is where um, after the day one, we have the post-merger integration. And once you have done the initial bits of art integration you also start looking for new opportunities by which you can create value uh, values that you could not uh, identify earlier um, which will make the com the com consolidated companies much more attractive and you've got your processes um, much more optimized etc okay so these are uh, uh, an overview of uh, different stages of an MA life cycle right so first one uh, let's jump into that uh, straight away it's business and uh, vision strategy so this is the strategic outlook for growth in three to five years so i'm talking about here the acquiring company right so this is where uh, you go through the strategic outlook you set up a vision of where you, do you want to be uh, and what are the business objectives which are going to be there right um, the second step you're going to decide upon is uh, whether you're going to do it organically or inorganically right so organically would be developing products developing services developing capabilities on your own uh, versus inorganic could be it's it's you either look for contracted opportunities so this could be for example um, in the manufacturing world you can have contract manufacturing um, or in uh, services world it could be uh, contracted or outsourced opportunities there um, and then uh, you could also look at strategic alliances jvs and of course uh, the most important of, of them all is the mergers and acquisitions right so you go and acquire another company in order to grow um, inorganically Okay. Um, the third stage is deal sourcing. So once you've uh, 
once you've started, um, uh, once you've embarked on a strategy of growing you know, organically through mergers and acquisitions, uh, the first thing, of course, uh, you start with is setting the stage through which you can actually do deal sourcing, right? So uh, this is uh, uh, where you create a framework for sourcing acquisition targets. Uh, you look at uh, the right instruments for acquisition and engaging experts for deal sourcing. As I mentioned, it could be investment bankers, lawyers, consultants, and the others uh, through whom you can get uh, the deals sourced. Or this is where um, target uh, targets are sourced. The target companies across the globe, across different industries, pertaining and relevant to what your needs are. Um, the next one is target evaluation and due diligence. Uh, so this is where you actually start getting into more details of um, what are the different aspects that you're going to look at when um, you would. Uh, when you would like to acquire a company right so this could be the financial health this could be whether the company has any legal obligations or any liabilities that are hanging in uh, you'll also look at tax liabilities but more importantly if it's a technology company you also would like to understand the technology uh, some of the ip rights which are there if it's a services companies a company you want to look at uh, how the services are rendered whether there are there are any patents or whether there are any trademarks uh, etc but it, it also could mean that you may look at uh, people due diligence this is where you look at leadership you look at the depth of talent etc so whatever your uh, whatever your particular uh, target assessment framework is uh, you would use to evaluate your target and uh, you would conduct the due diligence um, the next one is, as I mentioned, pre-closing. So pre-closing is once you've made the offer, a binding offer, you start planning to actually um, planning on how you're going to consolidate the companies, right? I mean, uh, the consolidation of companies would be centered around the day on which the transfer of ownership is going to take place, transfer of funds are going to take place, and, and what are the different activities that need to be done prior to that day? And then what are the activities that one would pursue um, for consolidation? And there's a lot of focus on the first 100 days, what needs to happen in the first 100 days, and then uh, some of the uh, elements that take longer, like culture, um, like uh, talent development, etc., may take longer. Um, a key element that needs to be planned for well is communication, right? One of the biggest reasons uh, or biggest complaints that people make uh, during an MA integration is around communication. Step six is closing on day one. So this is change of ownership. The day takes place, communication transfer of funds. And as I mentioned uh, prior to uh, day one, there is a planning closing activity that takes place. And then step seven, post-merger integration, 100 days. Um, you start looking at the opportunities by which you can actually, um, uh, you can figure out ways by which you are going to realize your synergies. Uh, you are looking, uh, you look at ways by which you're going to consolidate the business, etc. And then, then uh, post-integration optimization. So this is typically three to six months after uh, the day one, uh, you start looking for new avenues, new opportunities by which you can create new value. This could be uh, uh, as a result of cultural integration. This could be new capabilities. This could be new growth and additional revenue. So that was it uh, on the uh, on different stages of mergers and acquisitions. And now we're going to move into synergies. Um, synergies, uh, let's talk about what are synergies and what are the different types of synergies, right? So here are the typical four types of synergies. First one is the cost synergies. Uh, these synergies are linked to decreasing cost of running a consolidated business. Um, these are often related to administrative and overhead 
costs. So this is where uh, some of the support function uh, organizations, uh, where there is a redundancy, where there's an overlap between the two organizations, the acquiring and the acquired, uh, that's where uh, there are some redundancies, attritions uh, that are made uh, where there's an overlap. Uh, this could be support function, this could be management layer, um, or any other thing where there's a cost overlap which can be decreased. The second one is revenue synergies. Uh, this is an opportunity where you can uh, cross-sell, upsell um, between um, uh, between the companies. So um, uh, the acquiring company can try to sell uh, their products to the customers of the acquired company and vice versa. So that's your revenue synergies. Uh, these are the two more common one, um, co common synergies that are uh, part of M&A integration. But there are also two other synergies um, which are not so common or not so well known, right? So the third one is financial synergies. So this is essentially decreased cost of borrowing capital through lower risks. Um, so um, this is when, uh, if you are looking at uh, acquiring capital um, or credits um, uh, rating in the market uh, by consolidation, you often may get a better credit rating and may allow you to borrow money from the market at lower interest rates, etc. And the last one is market synergies. So market synergies essentially is where you start looking at uh, economies of scale. So if you if you actually get uh, larger scales, you have better negotiation terms with suppliers and the same thing for customers as well. So these are the four different kinds of synergies. Mm -hmm.